Don't <laughs> listen to this podcast if you're worried about being spoiled. <laughs> we should say uh, that maybe at the beginning. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of All Booked, Sterling Municipal Library's podcast where we talk to you about Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> and today, Chasley and Katie are joining us. Lisa is here in spirit. She yes. lost her voice this week, which may, is a little bit difficult when you're recording a podcast. It so. is. I told her she could come in and write down the signs like Love Actually, and we would just read them aloud to the audience, but I thought that might slow down the podcast a little. Yes. So anyway, we miss her, but we still were eager to talk about Bridgerton and yes. make sure that we were able to get this episode ready so that it could be published next week, just in time for the release, which is the 25th. The following week. Yes. All right. So today we are going to be talking about the second book, as mm -hmm. well as the trailer and what you're anticipating seeing show up in season two. The second book is The Viscount Who Loved Me. Wait. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the word Viscount always throws me for a loop. Yeah, I was really glad to listen to the audio on that one because I was like, this, no, nope, nope. <laughs> Every time I read it, I'm like, the Viscount. The Viscount. Nope, that's not you it. You know, is there ever in any of the Regency romance stuff, like, the peasant who adored me or something like that? Right? It's always royalty. That's not romance. Anyway, people like the well, People like the idea of Regency, but they can only date royalty because they don't like the idea of abject poverty. <laughs> I mean, to be fair. <laughs> All right. So how about you guys? Tell us about the second book. Yes. Uh, well, I thought as I was getting into it, is every book in the series going to be about irrational men? But as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, it's not really that they're emotionally immature and they are dealing with trauma. And so I tried to make myself be a little bit more patient. I liked this book better, but I didn't particularly care for Anthony over Simon. I liked this book better as well. I liked Kate better. Oh, yes. Kate is fantastic. It's got like real Taming of the Shrew vibes. I don't know if that was on purpose, although her name is Kate. So <laughs> it feels like it has to be on purpose. Anthony... I, I like that she tries to give her heroes flaws that are standing in the way of them, not just, like, obstinance. Like, there are other traumas, like you said. They seem kind of weird sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, Simon's trauma was, like, with his father, and then his, like, he was like, I'll never get married or find love or have children to spite him. Antony's trauma is also related to his father, but it's related to his father dying very unexpectedly and very early by a bee sting. He had been stung before, but he didn't die. And then, of, of course, and then the, when he did get stung again, he died and no one expected it. So he's got a lot of like trauma related to that, but it manifests in him thinking he's going to die at the same age as his father. So, like, what's the point of finding love? It'll just make it harder. Which so, I think is a thing. I think people who have, like, parents who die young do have trouble sometimes, like, imagining their lives past the age of their parents. Mm. In uh, the version that I read, they had an, an afterword from the author oh. who did say that that is, like, a, a legitimate thing that men especially deal with. It was weird... I don't know. The 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 bee part was was very was highlighted. Yes. <laughs> which so is was he like phobic of bees? Though? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which is fair because like in his brain, like his dad was stung by a bee once and was fine, and the second time immediately died, and he was just like bees are just like little guns flying around. <laughs> yeah, don't know. Murdering everybody. <laughs> it was like the first book was like I would rather die than sleep with you, but this book is like I'd rather die than love you. Because I'm going to die. Because I'm going to die. <laughs> and that just seems like a real bummer. Yeah. And we also have, Kate also has trauma. We yes. have, everyone's got trauma in this book. And hers is like more of the, the panic attack variety. And weirdly, 
it's something they bond over at one point. They're like, wow, you're scared of stuff? So am I. <laughs> Let's be scared together. So is this told from Anthony's point of view or Kate's or both? Both. They, the way the books are written, they tend to like hop between characters um, okay. as they're telling the story. And I maintain that Kate is better. Anthony seems better. And I, from what I've seen of the series thing, he seems better in the series too. But again... It's it's just it's a lot of trauma to work through. <laughs> it is a lot of trauma for one short romance book. Yeah, I will say I enjoy their they go to like a summer house. I I do enjoy the kind of like insular community that forms where there's just like a handful of people all hanging out together. Because what do rich people do? They go summer together. <laughs> so they're basically at this like country estate and they're all like staying over and it allows for more. I was talking to my book club about this. Uh, forced, pro- forced proximity romances. Oh, there you oh, go. Okay. Yeah. Where you're like, these pe- people would never like each other. So we have to force each them to get to know each other. So kind of like the dynamic you see in small high schools or private schools. Exactly that. Yes. Yeah. And then we oh we also have another batch of characters. We have Edwina, mm-hmm. um, who Kate's is sister. Kate's younger sister. Actually, this stepsister which is very interesting because oh, half. Half, oh half a half sister half, half yes. sister because kate is very close to her stepmother and i think that you know that's a surprising change of pace right i really liked their dynamic that whole family dynamic yeah like, kate is like looking out for her sister not jealous even though she sees her as the pretty one just wants mm-hmm. to take care of her make sure she's happy and exactly loves the stepmother who stepped in when she was teeny tiny because her own mother died mm-hmm. and just great I mean, it was a great family dynamic and- and Edwina, like, they could easily play it off as Kate being overprotective and, like, possessive of Edwina, but it's very much, like, she knows that there are a lot of people who would take advantage of the fact that her sister is, like, super beautiful and young and naive, so she has taken it upon herself to help make sure that the person who is courting her is someone that she thinks actually cares about her sister and will actually want to take care of her and have at least a chance to, like, be in love. And, and Edwina... Edwina- Instead of being, like, resentful of that, is like, oh, I wouldn't marry anybody that Kate didn't approve of. Exactly. <laughs> Out Aww. loud, which, of course, <laughs> causes quite the, the little hubbub in their little group. Which is how it all starts, because people realize that they have to get to know Kate, and Kate is not super approachable. She's not terrible, but she doesn't have time for a lot of BS. Uh, I'm always appreciative of. But, yeah, so it leaves this really interesting dynamic where there's just not a lot of, like, resentment in, in, in that. The only people who are resentful are the guys who are trying to date Edwina and have to talk to Kate first. I really like it because I agree. That would have been, like, the easy track to take. Like, I mean, like, that's a story that's been told a thousand times. The stepmother and the half-sister and the one's more beautiful and that could have mm-hmm. been the total problem of the story. And it just wasn't. They loved each other. And I just, I really liked that about this story. It almost seems like, and does this continue in the other books, it seems like a center point for each of the books is kind of wholesome family dynamics to an extent. Yeah, because they've got the Bridgertons, which which are, are pretty wholesome as far as Regency families go. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I, I think there's something special about them. I don't remember, is their father passed away as yes. well? So it was really just three women, which is very rare i think so i think that added to like this level of like they're all looking out for each other because it's not a great time to be a woman without a man to protect you so it was just this really nice family slash like sorority bond where they're all like they're just sisters and family I have to say, though, that when it comes to Anthony, I got so tired of the word rake that I just imagined him in the garden, like, taking care of those <laughs> Like, he just really likes he rake in the garden. Yeah, you, you never trust a guy who spends so much time in the garden. That one is, is another thing, like, 
I, I think Julia Quinn overemphasizes very specific strange traumas, but also just them being rakes. I, I'm just like, do people really go around just bringing it up in every conversation? Like, ah, oh, what a rake. What a rake. Like, everyone. And, and it just feels like inauthentic. I don't know. Maybe people did go around just saying the word rake in every other every other sentence, but it just it doesn't seem like it could could have been that. So how about you guys tell me some scenes that you're looking or that you are really hoping show up in the series. The reason I'm excited about this in the series is because one They've done, like, a much more flashy, like, modern retelling. So a lot of the, like, uh, stuff that is because it's, like, 20 years old might be taken out, which is great because I love Shonda. <laughs> I'm on a first-name basis with her, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited for every scene where Kate, brick by brick, tears Anthony down. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep telling people this, and I think they're going to think I'm, like, more bloodthirsty than I am. But that's the point, is that Anthony is a little too a little too high-headed. He's walking around thinking he owns everything, and Kate needs to come in and just be like, Anthony, you're not as cool as you think you are. <laughs> this is a total spoiler, so if you are really, like, committed to the idea of not knowing how everything turns out, maybe cover your ears for a minute. But the they, of course, they get trapped into an arranged marriage because that's just of how course. everything goes. But it happens because Kate gets stung by a bee on her chest in the garden, and he panics and tries to suck out the bee venom. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> and I don't then know. all of like the ladies, like the 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 dowagers of all the just moms show and everyone. Up. And I think that that has so much great comedic potential. So I cannot much. wait to see it. Especially because the whole time Kate's being like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, I need to suck out the venom. And she's like, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> he's like fully in the book gone into like panic mode. He's not thinking about like, does that is that how bees work? He's or just propriety. Like, he's or... just his brain is gone. You have to do something, or she'll die, just like your father. So just like imagine, like two fancy, fancy people. You walk, you turn the corner, and one of them is fully just like like mouthing the collarbone of the other one, but not in like a makeout way, just in like an aggressive way. And the moms are all like, okay, well, they got to get married now. <laughs> what did you do? And he's like, I was trying to save her. And they were like, yeah, that's not what it looked like. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to, and they've shown it in the series trailer, when Anthony falls into the lake because of because of Newton, their adorable corgi, who doesn't like Anthony. <laughs> that's because Anthony has bad vibes. Yeah, yeah I'm about yeah, to say, definitely. like, if the dog doesn't trust him, maybe he's not that great of a protagonist. <laughs> in in the book, it was a little ridiculous because he got super mad at Kate and he was just like, this is your fault. You did that. I was like, well, clearly Newton did this. Right. <laughs> it's not my fault. Well, the idea was that she needed to train her dog better. And I was like, well, can Newton help it if he can sense just your bad vibes? Like I said, <laughs> there's a scene in like in the library in the house that they're staying in that is supposed to be their like vulnerable scene where they start they stop fighting as much because they see each other as people. <laughs> was this before or after marrying? <laughs> right uh, before. before. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where Kate can't sleep. So she goes downstairs to grab a book and there's a horrible thunderstorm that starts up and she is terrified of thunderstorms and once it starts thundering and lightning lightninging she like starts having a panic attack she basically like crawls under the table to try to like stay away from the windows and anthony's just wandering by and 
sees the doors open and there's a light on and it's just like well that's dumb you're gonna burn the library down and walks in and realizes that Kate is like hyperventilating under the table and they actually have like a pretty nice moment where he's like oh oh no you seem like you're in a lot of distress now let me see if I can try to figure out because as Anthony hides from everyone he is in a constant state of anxiety that he will die soon (laughs) so he's pretty good at at comforting people with anxiety I think that'll be a really sweet scene too especially because I think at some point he just crawls under the table with her oh yeah he literally just crawls under is like okay this is fine (laughs) and hopefully this time does not try to latch onto her collarbone (laughs) no no. nobody saw so it's okay there's no bees so it's fine (laughs) but yeah I think there there's the opportunity for a lot of like really vulnerable scenes that I don't think we got in the first season. The first season was like very, I don't want to say shallow, but like it was very surface level. It was a lot of very strong feelings without a lot of depth behind them, in my opinion. Whereas I feel like, depending on how they do this, there's a chance to really, like, examine what it's like for someone who's, like, purposely not trying to attach themselves to anything, who does have, like, a fear of of death at such a young age because he's only he's like 30 his dad died when he was i think like 34 or 36 like really young he was only 18 so maybe he's like 39 (laughs) because they started having kids real early the bridgertons (laughs) yeah so i think that's really interesting i think the backstory behind kate's fear hopefully it doesn't come up because it's kind of convoluted spoiler again don't <laughs> listen to this podcast if you're worried about being spoiled <laughs> we should say that um, maybe at the beginning i don't know yeah <laughs> kate's horrific fear of thunderstorms that she has no idea why it happens she has night terrors basically is because when she was very 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 young her mother was sick for a very long time and they kept her away from her and eventually when kate was actually able to like sneak past everyone and go see her mother it was during a really terrible thunderstorm that had stopped all the doctors from from coming so she they were kind of on their own and literally like kate runs in the room like i think like jumps like into the bed with her mother and like at that moment there's like a peal of thunder her mom like does like this like horrible gasp and immediately dies <laughs> kate doesn't remember any of that and no one told her because they kind of thought that she had forgotten and they were like it's probably better that she forgot that she was there when her mother died horrifically but it comes through in her fear of thunderstorms but the downside is that it's very weird like the the way that they come upon these facts like it's like a very weird like shoo-in of like by the way kate the reason you're terrified of thunderstorms is because you don't know this, but exposition. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Any scenes you, what are scenes you don't want to see in the... Oh, dear goodness. Okay, so Anthony, like, he he turns around and he's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with Kate. I'm going to be in love with her. But he doesn't discover it right after. She's about to be in, like, a carriage accident, right? And he's mm-hmm. afraid that she died. Yes. And instead of, like, realizing it then when he has the potential to, like, really lose her, Makes he sense. discovers it, like, one chapter earlier just after a drunken night with his brothers. Like, all of a sudden, they're, they're giving him crap. He's like, oh, well, I actually am in love with her. Then goes to find her and tells her. And then the carriage yeah. accident. Yeah, I don't I don't even understand what was supposed to be happening there. I do think it makes it would make way more sense if he was trying to like go be fighty flirty with her again and was like, Oh my god, <laughs> she's dead. Like and then realizes like, oh, my life would be very bad. Like he seems like someone who needs a big wake up call, not just, oh, I hung out with my brothers a bit and we talked. And you know what? I think I love her. 
Spoiler alert, she didn't die. <laughs> well, what I mean, a bummer would be, for season two. <laughs> yeah, and that would really be a drastic change of pace for how most romances end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She died, and the true love was was him discovering himself. <laughs> Facing um, up to his own mortality. Yeah. There you go. I think fewer fewer scenes where he's, like, actively courting Edwina and also, like, flirting. It was, it was very yeah. weird. Like, I get that that's the point, like, mm-hmm. is that he likes Kate, but is still trying to make himself court Edwina. I, I hope if they do keep that, that they keep the fact that Edwina, before everyone else, was like, clearly Kate loves him, so. Yeah. <laughs> and clearly he loves Kate. I'm just going to let this happen. <laughs> Otherwise, it would make for some very awkward future family Christmases and stuff. <laughs> yes. And Edwina, I do I do hope they keep the fact that Edwina is, like, very set on marrying someone who's very smart. I um, know. I liked that, too. That's her number oh. one thing. She was like, I don't care if he has titles or whatever. I want to carry, I want to marry someone who can have a nice conversation with me. <laughs> what a scholar. What a scholar. That. So, I know, and I can't remember her name. You guys mentioned that there was this gossip columnist. Uh, oh, Lady Whistledown. She, yes. Is she still present in this book? She is present in all of the books, okay. as far as I know. She is also going to be present and unmasked further, perhaps, in the series, because the end of the series was the implication that someone had found out Penelope Featherington was Lady Whistledown. That doesn't happen until like four books in the series, so I don't know what they're going to do with that. I think they're pushing a lot of things together, but in a way that works for for television, in my, in my opinion. You don't want something that ignores all the other characters for the benefit of, of two people. <laughs> right, yeah. Has there been a discussion about a third season? Season three and four are confirmed, <gasps> confirmed. and in the planning stage. They are also doing a prequel about mm-hmm. Queen Charlotte. So I'm very excited about that. Which books will three and four cover? So three, if they follow the books, because they, like I said, they may be kind of squishing them together a little bit. If they follow the books, three will be Benedict and Sophie. I didn't read that one again because Benedict's a wet sock. Four will be Colin and Penelope, and I really like them. So I think that will be a good one. So if season three does focus on Benedict, will that entice you into reading the third book? Or are you still going to stand firm there? I might, I guess. They're like really quick reads. But Chasley, have you read them all? I have read the first two. I didn't want to mix myself up by reading ahead, but it makes it much easier when they when they focus only on those two characters and there's like no there's there's minimal cross referencing, which I which made me less worried about reading more of them. But but I look forward to it. Whatever whatever they decide to do, I really think that Shonda Rhimes is doing a good service to the novels. I think a lot of people have their own like doubts or or whatever from reading the novels and then watching the TV show, especially with Regé Jean-Paul no longer being part of the show as the Duke in the second season. But, like, he's not even that important. He was right. in, like, one scene. Yeah. And he literally just stood behind Daphne and was like, I agree with her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't understand why people, I mean, other than the fact that he is very handsome, That's why it. people, That's yeah. <laughs> go watch his, like, nature documentary show. There right. you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. That's all the questions I can think of. I know. I am looking forward to it. If anyone else has seen the trailer, you have seen some fantastic hints at what's to come. Anthony being outmaneuvered in every way, Kate holding a gun, Kate holding a pal mal mallet, <laughs> Kate obviously dominating the scenes. It's very promising. Yes. I also think, I, I would like to say really quickly, they did fantastic casting. Yes. Uh, yeah. Everyone is, is, is beautiful. Kate and Edwina are both great. Lisa, when she was able to talk, did tell me that she was confused because she thought Kate was supposed to be like the less pretty sister and how she looked also beautiful, just as beautiful as Edwina. And I was like, well, I think the issue 
you here is the fact that Kate is like she's not ugly. She she's very pretty, but she's like purposely removed herself from the equation because she doesn't fit like quite the same societal standards as Edwina does. At no point in the book does anyone ever say that Kate is ugly or even just like plain at one point anthony is straight up like she's attractive but like man she's she's difficult to converse with (laughs) (laughs) so it's literally just that she stands in the corner like glaring at people and be like "Mm -hmm, sure (laughs) and people are like oh i don't like her (laughs) she scares me plus it's tv everybody is going to be beautiful everyone's going to be beautiful like even the person who's supposed to be like dowdy is like penelope and still she's fantastic absolutely the the only downside is that because of the books they keep putting her in yellow (laughs) with like butterfly appliques on the front and i'm like oh no it's like that it's like that kid who was forced to dress in like little toddler girl clothes until they were like 15 (laughs) and you're like i'm so sorry your butterfly appliques are beautiful (laughs) all right well stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations bye